0: You are listening to America's Healthcare Challenge with Sean McGuire. Join the conversation at 402-342-1290 or at 800-577-1290. Once again, direct from the American heartland, here's your host, Sean McGuire. Welcome back to America's Healthcare Challenge. Thanks so much for your time here on the program. And again, make sure to check out... All of our previously recorded segments are podcasts on our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com. Just search America's Healthcare Challenge, and it's impossible to miss because we have like 350 segments, and I'm excited to add to that list uh, with our guests this week. We're joined here on America's Healthcare Challenge by Dr. Jill Poole, an associate professor of medicine in the pulmonary critical care, sleep, and allergy division, and Medical Director of Allergy Services at the University of Nebraska Medical Center here in Omaha. She's originally from Grand Island and completed her training here locally. Uh, But during uh, her school, she took a one-year research at the National Institutes of Health in the Institutes of Allergy and Infectious Disease. Gosh, I didn't even know that. Dr. Poole, great to have you here on the program. How are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. Thank you, Sean.
0: Why don't you, uh, I guess I gave a, a little bit of a background, but could you talk to the listeners a little bit about, what you do at the Med Center and your background and kind of how your your day-to-day functions uh, go.
1: Well, you are correct. I am an allergy immunologist here. I've been at the University of Nebraska Medical Center for over 10 years now and run the uh, outpatient allergy uh, clinics. We see patients with allergies and asthma and rashes and uh, eczema and hives and food allergy and, and all sorts of um, allergy uh, disorders. And what I also like to do is uh, research. And so uh, a large part of my day is spent in, in engaged in research activities, and I really also enjoy the teaching that I provide to the, the students, the residents, and faculty here.
0: I noticed on your uh, paragraph that you sent over you've got a grant with uh, or with the NIH, it looks yes. like. Um, could you talk a little bit about that and what that what that does
1: well you know being here in nebraska we have uh, been very interested in agriculture uh, health related issues and so i've had a long standing interest over these years in doing uh, agricultural uh, workers and their lung diseases and most of our studies have been in the in the laboratory uh, but we have explored why uh, lung disease and airway inflammation occurs, and how this could affect the systemic uh, whole body response, and if there are measures that we can do to prevent it or reverse uh, the disease that occurs. And so we've amassed a sizable group that's been working on these issues and doing outreach to uh, rural communities and trying to uh, communicate with the workers.
0: What, what, are, what are they finding, and, and kind of how is that message being received by the workers? Were they surprised by it? or
1: No. If you talk to a lot of the workers, um, they definitely have a lot of upper and lower respiratory disease, a lot of rhinitis, nasal symptoms, sinus problems, and cough. Um, so they're not surprised uh, about that. Um, it tends to be in those dusty environments, particularly animal confinement facilities, uh, that they're being exposed to, which are enclosed and can be quite dusty. Um, and so I mean, we're do- the, the workers uh, and the owners are doing a good job of cleaning out the facilities and, and, and trying to protect the workers. We distribute masks um, and recommend respiratory masks be worn and let them know, you know, high exposures that they, they need to try to protect themselves.
0: Could somebody in an environment like that go in without some sort of allergies and develop them as a result of being in? Exposed to that environment?
1: Yeah, I mean, there it, it tends to be more of a straight-up in, in, uh, inflammatory uh, environment. There's a lot of bacteria and bacterial products, especially in the confinement facilities with, you know, animal right. waste, um, so, and that uh, those products cause a lot of inflammation, um, and they get symptomatic from that. And sometimes it's actually not quote an allergy reaction, but just from the overwhelming dust exposures. Hmm.
0: Interesting. We're talking about Dr. Jill Poole of University of Nebraska Medical Center. She's uh, their allergy authority, I, I think. Would you be? Is that be a fair assessment?
1: <laughs> well, I've been I've been here for a while, and we've recruited another allergist here, and we're we're working to expand our our division.
0: Let's talk a little bit more. I mean, you hear the word allergies, and um, I guess it's just kind of a, a very grandiose term. I didn't realize that it could extend to so many different things. What are some of the uh, other things that you're looking at um, that impact everyday folks that they might not even realize or maybe they do?
1: Well, the most common allergies, and you're right, that term has been used loosely in the public, but the most common allergies are going to be those that we inhale, uh, usually seasonally, like trees and grasses, the, those pollens in the springtime, and then this time of year, it's the weed pollen and the mold spores, those are the common allergens, but you can have year-round allergies, such as to animal danders and dust mites and cockroach and mouse allergen, and um, Um, are increasing. And, you know, latest data says that up to about half of Americans suffer from allergies and their nasal symptoms and uh, sinus and and eye symptoms in a a seasonal manner. So those are the most common allergies are those that we in the spring and fall people experience.
0: As people age, do they become more prone to develop these things or is it something that you're kind of just born with?
1: it's it's something that seems to be acquired the peak time for developing these environmental allergies are in the 20s and 30s um, now as you get much older they they tend to go uh, they're less prominent in the 60s 70s and 80s um, but certainly tons of children have them and then you know young adults
0: right 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 exactly um, what are some of the other um, treatments that, that are coming out I know everybody seems seems to be in this country, it's always about popping the pill.
1: <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Well, you want to feel better. I mean, these allergies affect your sleep, um, you know, make you drowsy, uh, you don't feel well, you get headaches. I mean, it can really impact people's day-to-day life and their day-to-day activities. So they are seeking treatment and you can't necessarily avoid the outdoors, or you know, do you want? So you want people to be active and outdoors? And, um, so yes, there are now a lot of over-the-counter uh, therapies that are available and that are safe and that are good, um, such as these long-acting non-sedating antihistamines. Um, and this past year or so now, we have uh, steroid nasal sprays that are over-the-counter for patients as well, and those work really well um, mm. and Probably more of the first line therapy. And then the tried and true the sinus rinses help the nasal symptoms too.
0: Just What's saline. a sinus rinse?
1: They're basically, it's a little saline spray, um, but you can get a, a rather big saline spray, a uh, big gush of water up and out your nostrils, and that can clean out, um, as I like to tell people, clean them out in the morning.
0: Hmm. That's a good idea. How'd you, you know, what, what even, I guess, prompted you to want to get into this type of stuff?
1: Well, I. <laughs> It's very fascinating to me. There's a lot about allergies we don't know. Um, and then even when I got involved in it, I did, don't think I even realized the extent of it as I have as time has gone on. Um, so it's, it's a very interesting disease process, a lot of unknowns. And, but the good thing is, is that it's fun to make people feel better. Um, there's yeah. therapies out there. And to really make a substantial impact to improve them is, is frankly very rewarding to me.
0: Right, right. We're talking with Dr. Jill Poole at UNMC. We're talking about allergies this week here on America's Healthcare Challenge. And tis the season, like I said, I was out for my run already this morning. And like I said, I don't really have anything that I don't don't think that I do, but I'm sure I could notice uh, somebody uh, feeling some discomfort. uh, uh, Even in the spring, it seems like when a lot of these, um, you know, like the cherry blossoms and all these things blossom, does that cause some problems for some people?
1: Well, in the spring, you got all that tree pollen. Oh, okay. um, now, this past year was really rough um, in our area. Uh, we had a lot; of, the trees started pollinating early, and they pollinated for a very long time—four, four to five months—which uh, is usually. They don't pollinate for that long, but it was a warmer weather, and so the trees pollinated earlier. And it was a rough spring for the tree and grass allergic patients.
0: Right, right, exactly, exactly. Hey, can we take a uh, timeout? Can you hang around for one more segment? I wanted to go a little bit into some food allergies, Great, if you don't mind. Okay, I great. I to. All right, fantastic. More with Dr. Jill Poole with UNMC, their allergy specialist and authority. Here on America's Healthcare Challenge, 402-342-1290 if you would like to call. And we'll be right back.